0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters podcast season three, episode six. Tegan, how are you doing today?
1: Doing pretty good. Just patiently or impatiently waiting for Kenobi to finally launch on Disney Plus. Yeah, it's uh, not too far away, right? I think it's next month. I think it's coming out. Um, I I don't trust me to Google it, but I think it's May the fourth. It's coming out, but uh, so no idea. But that's my guess.
0: Looking forward to that. The twenty fifth, so it's it's a oh. bit further than <laughs> May the fourth, so yeah, a bit longer than uh, than we hoped, but that will be fantastic. Uh, I was a bit surprised by the trailer. Uh, I think a lot of us were like, "Oh, great, more Tatooine," but it looked like there's going to be a lot more beyond that, which will be fantastic.
1: So, really stoked about that. I was a little Tatooined out, but you uh, know, I mean, Obi Wan's definitely wanted to sell me on even Tatooine, but I'm glad they're going to expand it a bit absolutely yeah definitely so
0: welcome everyone to our podcast today we have uh today we're doing a djm spotlight uh again uh, with another community member uh or brandon uh from the community so we'll talk with him later on uh and learn about his experiences in tabletops and star wars 5e of course check us out dungeonjedimasters.com for access to all of our content this podcast of course youtube Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, uh, where we play live plays, things like that. And uh, our Patreon, if you'd like to support what we do, that is the best way to do so. And we do have some new members uh, from our Patreon. Uh,
1: Tegan, tell us our uh, new Tier 2 members. Definitely. So we got some new supporters on Tier 2. Uh, shout-outs to Thomas, Damian, and Gabriel. Thank you to you three.
0: And then we have two Tier 3 members, Kyle and Jake, uh, which I believe both upgraded from a Tier 2 to a Tier 3. Uh, which is great uh, from both of you thank you and to come along with that the tier 3 group of course gets early access to content Uh, they're able to join the play-by-post games that we run if you want to be a part of that so um, otherwise that tier 2 uh, just gets access to the exclusive content when that comes out regularly and speaking of that uh, we have a kind of a a one and a half uh, release here and then uh, part two of the
1: invasion tegan tell us about that stuff Definitely. So if you're tier three, you've already got access to uh, episode 1.5, we called it. Uh, it's a starship encounter built uh, right after Invasion episode one. ends. So it's one that you can kind of plug and play with your group. If you haven't progressed past uh, Vela and the events surrounding that, you can kind of get your starship on. Uh, and kind of encounter some of the, the fun Yuuzhan Vong ships and just some of their quirky features. So uh, if you're still, if you just ran episode one and want to run the, the Starship side with the crew, check that out. That'll be a blast. And by the time this comes out, too, we'll have uh, episode two out available uh, to both our Patreon tiers on that side, uh, which is going to progress the invasion storyline as the group. Uh, Your crew kind of goes and investigates a missing Republic colony uh, that's kind of gone dark after the events of Vela. So uh, that'll be some fun there. And as your crew kind of finds out what's going on, maybe learns a little bit more about the invasion.
0: Super cool. Yeah, I think uh, touching on the 1.5 that we just put up, uh, Starship content, I think, is, uh, you know, we... Well received, I, I assume. Uh, I think it'll be great to have encounters and things built up there. So uh, exciting to see both of that stuff out. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, one of pieces of our content is YouTube, and we hit a pretty massive milestone. 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. Massive thank you to everyone for that. Uh, super cool. Uh, you know, Tegan's getting the invasion stuff up there from his actual play. Uh, I'll have Hut space adventures coming up in May. So that stuff will go up there. And then of course, a lot of how to videos, uh, that we've been doing as well, uh, just to expand on what we offer there. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, now that we've hit that milestone, we're going to do a giveaway for that, that will, um, it, it'll be hosted on YouTube. Uh, Tegan, we talked about kind of a custom, you know, maybe one sheet
1: adventure. Definitely. So, so what we're going to do there. So, uh, we're starting. We'll to I forgot the rules for the, the giveaway, but basically the winner is going to be able to select uh, an adventure that they want us to create so you'll give us the parameters for it and we'll make a quick adventure uh, that kind of based off what you'd like to see and that you'll be able to run with your group but then it will also be available to all of our dungeon I master patreons as well, uh, that they can kind of take back to their table and play too
0: absolutely i think that'd be super cool to have that direct input from you know one of the members of the community there so keep an eye out on that on our youtube that's where we'll host the giveaway uh, and see if you can get a chance to win uh additionally uh this week when this podcast comes out on thursday the 7th of april will be the return of vagrant freighters so season two will be back uh our radio show style podcast Uh, i've got a great new crew there captain cal Vanex does return but he has two new crew members along with him. Uh, there's been some fun guest appearances. Uh, we're, we're deep into, I think, like episode four recording wise, but we'll start releasing them bi-weekly on the 7th. So uh, check that out as well. That'll be on our podcast channel uh, along with our regular podcast here. So I believe that's everything on the front end for Dungeon Jedi Masters. Uh, there are two new releases for Star Wars 5e, which we will go over as well. Tegan, uh, there's some new feats that came out. Go ahead and tell us about that.
1: Definitely. So we got seven new feats that came out uh, that are all pretty cool in their own way that just really open up some different builds. Uh, So the first one, double and two-weapon casting, which is pretty sick if you want to be a caster but still get to roll attack rolls. Uh, This is something that's right up my alley because I love having powers and spells you can cast, but there's something that can't just be beat about rolling an attack roll. Uh, there's double and two weapon casting. so this applies to double bladed like lightsabers, double weapons, uh, as well as somebody that's rocking two different sabers or two different uh, weapons, whatever they may be. Uh, but basically, what this is going to allow you to do, it's a half feat, uh, so it gives you an ability increase as well. Uh, but it's going to allow you to, uh, when you cast a power uh, that requires a uh, weapon attack, uh, you can make a offhand attack with uh, your double or two-handed weapon so gives you a little bit of the best of the best, both worlds on that side so uh, if you wanted uh, to be able to cast uh, shocking charge as one of your attacks and then still make a follow-up attack with your offhand weapon uh, you can do that as well or lightning charge and still be able to make a offhand attack with your bonus weapon you're able to do that so gives you some options there and that way you can still get as much attacks and kind of roll the dice as many times as you can and still work in a little bit of the force too. Uh, so that's one of the the two feats that came, or the seven feats that came out. Uh, the other ones uh, is one that's more kind of suited for a campaign that's going to be pretty heavily space based, or just one if you want to be pretty proficient in the space stuff. Uh, it's duly deployed, uh, and what that's going to allow you to do uh, is you're going to be able to uh, get a little bit of a jump start on your deployments. So it's uh, another half feet, so you get to increase your ability score by one. Uh, but you also gain one rank of a deployment by your choice. Uh, And the nice thing too with that is you also get to increase your maximum deployments by one. Uh, So if this is going to be a campaign that's going to go through all five tiers of deployment, you can go through and multi-class and pick up another deployment without hurting yourself too badly. Uh, So just a pretty cool one there, especially if you're going to be doing more space stuff and uh, and having dived pretty heavily into the space stuff the last month, it's a kind of a cool way to give your character a little bit of an edge too. Uh, After that, uh, we've got the uh, fading and the adaptable... Uh, adaptable fading, flexible rending, and versatile witness uh, feats as well, uh, which allow you to kind of swap on saving throws uh, using kind of uh, the, the little charts that they've made up, uh, kind of switching pairs for them. So you can kind of switch uh, constitution and strength, uh, reflex, uh, dexterity, intelligence, Will, wisdom, charisma. It's gonna get you a little bit more flexibility to play around with some of your stats. Uh, nice thing too, is they're also hack feats, So you can increase, uh, each of them increases a different score by one, two. And those are nice ones that so don't feel like you're completely missing out by picking the feet. Uh, and then finally, uh, they've got the Muscled Menace, uh, which is a really cool if you wanted to Play a little bit of like, kind of get some benefits from playing a bigger species. This is kind of close to the uh, Savage Shorty and Tiny Terror ones they've had before, Uh, but it's a half feet. uh, Requirements, you got to be at least strength 13, uh, size medium, you get to increase your strength score by one. Uh, but the nice thing with this is it gives you some pretty cool things you can do. You get that oversized trait, uh, which reduces the amount of strength it takes to wield some weapons, uh, as well as gives uh, certain weapons that lack the light property, the heavy property, uh, so you can do a little bit more damage with them too. So definitely some fun you can have with that, especially if you want to be a Wookiee or even the Hut species or something like that, and just really play up that kind of larger-than-life presence. Awesome. Yeah,
0: that I, that... that... That last one's uh, it sounds super cool. Just you know, further expanding on uh, what you can do as a character, and all of them in general, though, uh, great additions. Really expanding, spanning the build. So great stuff. The other release is a variant rule. Uh, this is ammunition sizes. If uh, you wanted uh, just to add some more. You know complexity to to what ammo is basically uh you can have ammo sizes so a certain weapon based on the damage dice uh, takes a certain ammo size so a d4 if the weapon does d4 damage it's tiny ammo d6 is small d8 or 2d4 is medium etc and so basically uh you know you can't just take the same power cell ammo and apply that across the board so it's just a little you know extra piece that you can add into the game uh if you want because i think you know i know tegan in in most of my games i don't ever see issues with ammo i mean power cells don't ever run out things like that so this could potentially change that and just be another way to uh change how resources are used and managed uh within within an encounter and a companion campaign so uh, check that variant rule out as well uh, it lists uh, prices and things for the different types uh, so tiny power cell uh, costs only three credits and then if you go up to the huge size uh, you know it's gonna be 50 credits so a lot of different factors there to you know again play with that to resource management all right that's everything on the front end here uh, we are going to go ahead and bring brandon in to uh, talk with him about star wars 5e all right, everyone. We have uh, Brandon with us. You might know him online as Xantillus in the Dungeon Jedi Master's Discord. Brandon, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain, honestly.
0: Awesome. Great to hear. Uh, so you've been, you know, around our parts for a bit now. Uh, you know, in in the community. You know, recently, most recently, played uh, Hut Space Adventures Chapter One with me, which was a great time uh, oh, yeah. there. And uh, yeah, so as we this year with our podcast, we're doing these, uh, you know, DM spotlights, if you will. We want to learn about uh, members in the community, uh, their projects, their games, and and any advice they can offer the rest of the community as well. So but first things first, tell us about your history with Tabletops. Where did you start and what's kind of been that path?
2: Wow, um, <laughs> this is gonna make me sound really old, but I started with my grandfather and my mom playing first edition, and at home, um, my grandpa picked it up when my mom was a kid, and he loved the like imagination aspect of it, and so my mom passed it to me. So we, my mom and I played, I think what, what was it, three point five and uh, four. And then I'm trying to pass it on the R drop to my daughter. Um, like she's, she's nowhere near ready, but
0: as soon as he can though. Right. Oh yeah. Baby's first oh yeah. dice.
2: I actually bought her her first set of dice already. So nice. <laughs> They're
1: custom. They have their metal and they have her name as the 20. Oh, so. awesome. Super cool. Definitely a bit jealous too. I've always wanted to do a one E game. I've uh, picked up a book a couple years back from eBay. Uh, I've never I got a chance to run one with the old, so the, the original system, I should say.
2: Yeah, it's from what I remember. It was it was rough. Being poisoned was probably the bane of all characters.
1: <laughs> I've only glanced through it, but it looks like it's brutal. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, yeah. But it was fun. It was really fun, and it led me to where I am today, and I'm really thankful for it. And sometimes I go back and I look at my old characters that my grandpa helped me make and I toss them in in my adventures sometimes.
0: Super so. cool. Yeah. So you said, okay, so uh D D, you know, first edition three five four. I. Uh, how long have you been playing five E?
2: Uh geez, maybe like three years, four years okay. ago?
0: How old is Five E actually uh seven years, I think? Something okay. Uh, that's cool a good question. I think so. Yeah. So definitely, yeah, quite a bit there. Awesome. Um, uh,
2: it's it's, it's kind of old now. Oh my gosh, it's old enough to, to read. <laughs> yeah,
0: right? yeah, absolutely. Uh, any experience outside of Dungeons and Dragons?
2: Yes, actually. Um, you can't see it, but there, I have a uh, a whole Fallout book that I'm working on, or well, that I I bought and uh, for a role-playing game i also have the aliens tabletop game nice i have i just started getting like reading the rules for mothership so and i watched your your uh, uh playthrough for mothership or your stream for mothership and pretty good pretty good and it was oh boy i'm super excited to like dip my toes in
0: mothership yeah I will you know a little off topic here I will always uh, push that one Tegan got to play uh, with me in a game a while ago it's a blast fast deadly definitely so yeah awesome so I mean mothership sci-fi I think that's a good transition here uh Star Wars 5e so how long have you been playing Star Wars 5e and how did you get into how did you discover Star Wars 5e
2: well actually it's a little bit of a funny story I um, when the pandemic happened, I, uh, I I was furloughed, so I was kind of at home all the time, and I was looking for something because my wife and I played, and I wanted to DM something for my wife, and we got kind of got bored of just regular uh, 5e and I was looking online, like on like Roll Twenty, and I saw someone made a post for like a Star Wars game, and I'm like, oh, I've played the old Fantasy Flight Star Star Wars game, and they're like Star Wars 5E. I was like, doesn't sound right, but I'm curious. And so I looked into it, and sure enough, Star Wars 5E was a thing. And then I ended up playing in that game. I played that game for like a month or so, and then it ended. And I was just so captivated by it, and I just started looking into it. And then I looked on, I found the site, and then I was like, oh, there's a podcast that goes along with it. Oh, and I started listening to the podcast, and I was just like, you know what? I'm in, you know, and it was it's it's been great ever since, to be honest. And yeah. <laughs> I like currently I play two game or I DM two games with it. And I also started watching the Dimension 20 show. So that was
1: I watched just watched the first episode. <laughs> no spoilers, guys. It's yeah. It's so been
2: pros play it though. <laughs> um but so far I have like everyone that I play Star Wars with, they love they love the system, especially if they've only played Five E. Um, they find it super easy to integrate. They they love like the whole different class system. Although Starships was a little hard to get into, and I can thank you, Tegan, for for helping with that because oh, it was it, I was struggling with it. It could be a whole beast of its own. <laughs> it yeah, like we had to have a couple, a whole couple of sessions just space flight.
0: Yeah, definitely a whole nother world uh, that space combat, but uh, it definitely adds a lot to it as, as we've learned, you know, as well. And uh, Tegan has done amazing with that, um, you know, with recent uh, one-shots and everything else. What are, uh, so what is your favorite, what's your favorite build or class from Star Wars 5e?
2: Um, class would probably be engineer, if I'm honest with you. Um, Because I have a no. NPC and... Both of my games, actually, who's a Wookiee, and he's the engineer, and they kind of just kind of leave him on the ship, and he builds things. It's super... They can build things. They can build armaments, like arms tech, uh, uh, weapons tech, and it's super, super intuit, intuitive. And, like, just yesterday, I was playing with my brother's group, and the Wookiee, they helped, They asked the Wookiee to build a... Custom Cycler Rifle, and he and he managed to build it after a couple of checks and singed hair.
1: Yeah, that's one of my favorite things the engineers, especially if you play with the Wretched Hive addition uh, rules with all the blueprints. So you just get so much versatility. You can have some yeah. fun with it. Yeah, I
2: started looking into like all the blueprints and stuff, and it's it's getting it's gonna, it's gonna get fun real quick.
0: Nice. Yeah, easily. My first class, I played in Star Wars Five E a Chiss uh, Engineer in Tegan's game. And, uh, just arms tech, but yeah. And that was, that was, you know, a long time ago before some of the big changes in the system as well. So even to see what it's, how it's evolved, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, very cool there. I think that was even before wretched hives came out. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Way back a long time ago. So awesome. Uh, so Brandon, you also mentioned uh, you're running a couple games, uh, and I know you mentioned uh, during Hot Space, I believe, for the one for your brother, he's overseas?
2: Yeah, he's currently deployed.
0: Yeah, and, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so and, obviously uh, online. Uh, so tell us about the games that you're running.
2: Right now, I'm running two games. One is my home game or my online game for my Sunday group, and then Mondays, god same monday no today's, today's wednesday, wednesday. Oh, yeah i run my other game on monday so sunday and mondays um, mondays are usually the days my brother can get everyone together uh, in his platoon and uh i run a game for them over over uh skype and mm-hmm.
0: are they, so they're all all the players are all
2: yeah military? All that, that's really cool man. that's awesome yeah i i I try my best to help out my, with my brother as much as I, much as I possibly can. And he said he was bored one day and I was like, why don't you play D&D? And he was like, I've never played. I like, "I can teach you, you know, and there you go. sure enough, he he I taught him and he was like, I have a few buddies who want to learn. And it turned out that everyone wanted to play. So I just decided to start making a game for him right now. I actually I'm running them through the Alderon. Campaign that you guys put out with a couple of tweaks here and there, but uh, they are, let's just say they're not enjoying the the, the occupation of Alderaan. Nice.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, and you have another game you're running as well, right?
2: Yeah. That's my Sunday game. Yeah. That's what's
0: that cool. one? Uh, what's kind of the the
2: basis of that? That one, it's mostly a homebrewed game. Is it Star Wars 5e as well, though? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's I kind of put it in between in the oh my gosh I'm failing on my Star Wars eras right now. But uh, after the tr- the Star Wars Treaty a Treaty in Um Republic where the Sith and the Jedi were like, oh let's have a ceasefire. Um,
1: it's kind of like in that middle ground where they're. You're, it looks
0: to, like you're stumping Tegan, which is. Oh no,
1: I I think I've got it. Oh, the Old Republic one where they had the, the Cold War for a bit, yeah. right? There's sword war. Warrior. that that took me a bit but yeah i got that (laughs) yeah i was just like yeah so i
2: it's that brief period where everyone's kind of like at arm's length but they're trying to like get around each other and like the shadows and so the group is kind of they're involved but they're not involved and Every so often, they'll meet someone who's just like, yeah, I just came from this big old battle on the on, on the Z-Austin. It's, "Who? let me tell you, we need help there. And then they're just like, bye, we're, we're, we're going to Coruscant.
1: I thought that'd be a fun era to run with, especially with the Cold War aspect. I feel like you can do some pretty neat missions and adventures with that. Yeah. Um, I actually
2: just, yeah, on Sunday, we... Went down, we're on Coruscant currently, and I had the a big idea of going to the center of Coruscant and having a big plot thing there. And they're the first people to set foot there, and I don't know how long to see the actual surface of Coruscant, what it
1: looks like. And and so
2: far, they're loving it.
1: Oh, and I think I maybe posted something in the Discord about this. Did you use that tank thing? Mm-hmm. Nice, how'd that go? It's currently
2: they're in it and they're being attacked by these shadowy creatures and that they can't really see outside the tank. So if
0: awesome. they
2: get out, they'll be able to like look around and stuff. But so far they're just they're terrified of the place, but they really enjoy it. Nice.
0: Awesome. That's super cool. Yeah. That's like there's so much established you know, lore and, and setting information in Star Wars. But I think when you can take something like you're doing and all right, we're going to go to the, you know, the surface level, of course, on, as you said, and you know, like whether there's abundance of information about that or not, you know, you're as a DM, you're fully within your right to, to make that up. And I think that's, what's, that's, what's great about tabletops. You know, that's what I love mm-hmm. about tabletops. Uh, you know, like with, with Hut Space Adventures, just as an example, while I have setting material there that I utilized, you know, our story was, you know, made up. It, it didn't really follow anything specific. I just grabbed some some things here and there. And, and I think uh, that's so much fun there. What is, uh, just kind of in a general sense, as we get into the, this side of the conversation, what is your biggest thing that you've learned as a DM or what would be like one of your big pieces of advice that you would give to other fellow DMs?
2: Do your research. Like, for, for example, what I've, like, the amount of research I had to put into what the level of surface level Coruscant is, I've had to look up what would the planet look, what would Earth look like if there was no sun? What would, what would the ground be like? What would the soil be like? What would the textures be like? Like, how much can an elevator hold? How much can, like, a space elevator hold? Gosh, what else? Like, what kind of creatures would thrive in complete darkness? What kind of, you know, what kind of life would survive? What kind of, like, would they be hurt by light? What goes on in a completely dark space that no one's seen? And I had like a whole week of just research. I have notes upon notes, like, just scribblings of. Yeah, the surface temperature would be negative like 800 degrees
1: Celsius. And it's
2: like... You go <laughs> all out. You go, <laughs> yeah, because I, I wanted to get the surface of Coruscant to be mm-hmm. as accurate as possible because Coruscant's such a big, big and teeming place full of life and it's metal. We don't really see plant life mm-hmm. on Coruscant. Right. And what would a Coruscant plant look like? And that was my first thought after that it was just all downhill from there
0: easy spiral to go down yeah i've definitely done
1: some wikipedia dives (laughs) oh oh man
0: yeah yeah having those resources too is is fantastic because you know especially as tegan you said wikipedia like it's so connected which is great and you'll find things you didn't know existed and then you know that becomes like plot hooks and plot lines and things and and all that uh I, I, when i the durin fire uh crystals for they make white white bladed lightsabers silver uh you know i, I discovered that uh and because we, players are going to tatooine i'm like oh yeah here we go cool plot line let's go and it was just you know this rabbit hole is super cool
2: oh yeah another helpful tidbit that i would say for dms looking to like like looking to prepare for a session do like of course do your research but go wild with your imagination, like start big, and then kind of work your way in. Um, Cause I have, we had another session in my Sunday game where they were on, uh, I think it was My And you only see My Gido once, and it's in the it's in uh, Return, of the Je- uh, Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith. It's a cold planet. That's about it you get. And they started there. That's where they all started. And uh, they got caught between Jedi and Sith fighting. And that was the last battle before the, the treaty was signed. And they had to pick a side or flee. I I was like, I don't really know much about my Gido. So it's a cold planet. Maybe there's Tauntauns. Because it's so so far in the past, maybe there's like different version of a Tauntaun. Instead of it being two-legged, it's four-legged and with an elongated neck like a llama. And a bunch of people were riding those to and from and trying to get away. And right. Yeah, they all kind of got into a transport and then bombs started falling, like all our terrace and nights of the public republic, and they got off planet,
1: right? Once the fighting really broke out. That's two of my favorite things. I love kind of going wild. Like I, I I do badly as a GM and I feel too constrained. So I love going wild and just kind of making stuff up as I go. Uh, And I love making choices, too. So what did your players choose? You said they had to choose between being the Sith, Republic, or just, like, peacing out? Yeah, so Player was a Republic
2: soldier, is a Republic soldier. He wanted to side with the Republic, but everybody else was like, the Republic's committing atrocities just as much as the Sith. Uh, A building got bombed, and they were like, oh, the Sith did it. But they saw that a Republic cruiser fly over first before the bomb. fell.
1: It's always nice kind of putting those gray bits in there, too, for uh, each of the sides.
0: So, uh, Brandon, you mentioned uh, you mentioned running the Alderon campaign, and uh, you know making some tweaks to that. Um, you know, I have to not necessarily specific on what those tweaks were, but what was that process like? Like, what you know, how did you look at that? How did you go about that? And and what was your thought process?
2: Well, I first things first. I when you guys put out the, the Alderon campaign, I read through it like as you guys were putting it out, and I was like this was great. You know, this is, this is perfect. Um, I could totally use this. And I did a, a dry run with my uh, Sunday game. Uh, as like a, like an offshoot, different characters, whole different thing. And they, they breezed through it. I well, didn't breeze through it, but they, they got to a point where they're just like, what, what do we do? Like, and I thought, and I think right around that time, you guys put out, um, a, if I'm remembering correctly, it was a rancor rider, a Night Sister oh, who it, rides a rancor. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like I decided, you know, what if it wasn't the Sith that was invading? What if it was the Knight Sisters, you know, who were just like, you know, the Republic kind of took our planet or the Sith, uh, the Empire kind of took our planet. Now we got our planet back. What's a closer planet? Well, Alderaan's kind of close hmm and so I started tossing that in there and they had this big fight with a rancor and a night sister wielding magic and it was it was really good it was it it blew me away at how fun and how immersive it was and I started making like I gave actually gave the rancor a frightening presence so like when it roared everyone was just like it's okay It's it's an actual rancor like what do we what do we do
0: could you use those condition effects and things? Absolutely.
1: Definitely.
2: They ended up fleeing from it and then baiting it into a uh I had to go off script and they baited it into a cavern. And they tried to they tried to throw a rock and like luke it, like Return of the Jedi, and we throw the rock and thing comes down. Squashed it, yeah. Like it was it passed its perception check and it caught the rock and it looked at it. And then it looked at them, and then it just went in after them. And then they had this whole battle between just them and the Rancor. And the Night Sister was trying to catch up. And the Night Sister finally caught up, and then the Night Sister just wiped. That was the last session for that. Nice. It was, I think it was probably one of the best sessions I've had as a DM. And I just... I loved every minute of it. and And ever since, I've been... I take pieces of, like, dragons and stuff from, like, D&D, like, like the DMG, and I'll make some kind of, like, amalgamation out of it. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I actually have a monster from Monster Hunter in our game, and I'm a huge Monster Hunter fan as well. And I put, uh, there's a creature called a Nexu, it's the cat from attack of the clone yeah big Yeah, and you know uh, i gave it poisoned claw because the creature from monster hunter has poisoned claws and i gave i had the whole this whole dialogue set up for it i had this whole battle map set out for it and they did not expect a fight to happen right
1: then and there and sure enough here it is and it was beautiful that's awesome Always oh, fun when you make a good monster it actually has like a good fight with it too. Sometimes you make a monster, you spend so much time and like just crits just go off autom- like, automatically and it just rolls terribly. Uh, but when you get the monster, and you build it well and it like the rolls back it up, it's like perfect. It's perfect.
2: Yeah, and <laughs> recently I've been taken to doing um like villain actions from like Matt Coville. I, I watched that video, so good. Like our uh, my Sunday and Monday games, big bads have villain actions and they are something to be reckoned with i try to keep everything in line with the character like if it's like an officer they can control people they can you know tell people what to do they can heal people and if it's a monster they get extra attacks they get conditions that that uh like my, my favorite one's frightening presence because it's so good to hear something roar and then everyone freak out a little bit
0: yeah, that's a tough one too, with with fear. Uh, you know, that's a pretty solid condition. You know, to deal with. So, absolutely, yeah. I I love what you're saying about. You know, I think Tegan and I obviously we create these modules that are very out of the box. You know, we we want people to be because people request that they want that. But I love more like hearing that you take what's there and take what you want to use, bring in your own stuff, make it your own. Um, I I love hearing that so much more that it. Provided a basis, a foundation for your own story. Like, you don't have to run this as is, use yeah. it as inspiration and then make it something so much more. I think that's fantastic. I think that's what's amazing about tabletops in general.
2: 100%. Like, I've been a fan of tabletops for as long as I can remember playing like DD, Shadowrun, Fantasy Flight, Star Wars, Star Wars 5e, DD 5e. Um, aliens i actually just started building an aliens encounter the other day um and it's just been tabletops has been such a great great like i don't know what you would call it like device to to boost to boost like like imagination and creativity and i majored in writing in college and now i get to use that awesome yeah (laughs) so a, a great great place for it and it's been amazing just to and plus seeing everyone in the community for Star Wars 5e, you know, and how everyone helps it helps each other. And it's, it's so rewarding just to be part of, to be honest.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we know you've been around DJM community for a while and, and, uh, definitely always great contributions. We appreciate that. As we always say, we, you know, great shout out, a big shout out to all of our, our followers and whatnot, uh, like yourself. So appreciate that very much. Um, any other last thoughts Brandon on on anything tabletop Star Wars 5E anything in general?
2: Honestly, I wish there were more vehicles in Star Wars 5E. Yeah. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> like, like space vehicles you can make up, no no problem. Ground vehicles are a little harder. But they kind of go by the same rules, I guess. But yeah, like I would like to see more ground vehicles like speeders or swoops. I had to design a swoop and that was weird i used the um the pod racing thing that you posted in uh the discord yeah yeah and i used that for like the acceleration like a swoop race and nice that was that was a whole whole session just just dedicated to that
0: very cool Yeah, there's that challenge of, you know, it's kind of like, so you've got your ground game, your, you know, true ground game with, with individuals, obviously you have your space game with starships and vehicles are a little bit awkward in between, you know, how do you balance that? So, but, uh, you know, yeah, I, I've done swoop bikes and, and things like that before. So,
2: yeah. And I'm, I'm an old hat with star Wars lore and I grew up reading all the EU stuff. So Yeah. Oh my God. I can't. I can't. I remember Luke fell in love with a computer at one point.
1: Oh yeah, that's a bad book. That's a. (laughs) 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 One last question before we go though, especially with the EU books. What's your favorite EU book or top two? Um, you can't do one.
2: Oh my. Okay. okay. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but there was one where it was Han, Leia, and Chewie. They were on the run. They were in. Gonna have to narrow
0: it down. I think. (laughs)
2: They were in this, like, party planet, like a casino, casino planet, and Han called for the Falcon to come, and the Falcon came in, but Han and Chewie were like, that's not the Falcon, because there was no bottom turret, and someone was trying to capture them, and someone had went out and bought another YT-1300 freighter, and I can't remember the name of the book. I think that's
1: in the Thrawn trilogy. Uh, Is it? Because I think this was Nagori the we were trying to capture Leia, wasn't it? Yes, uh, yes, I'm, I'm 90% sure because they were visiting Lando's plan and he was doing some mining or some business thing, and then like they had like a fake Falcon show. Up. Yeah, I'm like, am pretty sure I think it's Dark Force Rising, but I'm not positive. It's been, yeah.
0: it's been a bit for me since I read that yeah, it's been and skimmed it. Oh, I didn't skim it, but so <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, but
2: and another one would be uh, Shadows of the Empire, That's a good one. That was, I read that in like, I think I was in college. I remember reading it and telling my, my dorm mate like, dude, there's another, there's a Jedi called Kyle Katarn. <laughs> He's like, what? I thought it was just Luke. No, there's another one. Yeah, yeah, that's the pro- those were probably my two favorite ones. Nice. And then, you know, we kind of don't talk about Luke falling in love with a, with a computer. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: so we a weird book. Like Bantam era had like the, the, what was it, the 90s, early 90s era had some weird yeah. ones. <laughs> still good but
0: (laughs) oh yeah a lot lots out there you know the books uh, that's a whole nother topic which we've already you know we have covered before just just uh great sources of inspiration things like that so yeah but brandon this was great uh so great to talk with you and you know learn about your background in tabletops and what you got going on with uh, star wars 5e i think a lot of great stuff in the conversation to help other dms as well so uh, yeah. Great pleasure to have you on and, um, look forward to, you know, maybe playing another game with you down the road.
2: Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of you guys. And this is kind of me like, Oh my God. So it's,
0: well, we appreciate, you know, your support as, as a community member and whatnot. So yeah, it's, it's what we do it for. So thank you to you.
2: Oh, Thank, thank you guys. You guys do amazing, uh, an amazing job, man amazing writers by the way oh
0: thanks man i appreciate Uh,
2: that
0: Yeah, we pretend that we know what we're doing so (laughs) glad (laughs) it's coming across so awesome all right man well thank you so very much have a good rest of your night and we'll uh talk again soon
2: sweet i will look forward to talking to you guys again
0: all right bye now
1: nice to meet you man
0: all right, that was great conversation with Brandon. Uh, learning about his experience in tabletops and Star Wars 5v. Uh, if you would, if you are a DM out there and part of the community and would like to be on a future spotlight, just hit us up in the DJM Discord, and we'd love to see about setting that up. That's it for the episode, though. Thank you all so very much for listening. Thank you, following, subscribing, all that good fun stuff. Be sure to check out Vagrant Freighters this Thursday as well uh, when that premieres on our podcast. And uh, looking ahead to next episode, Tegan, we're going to talk about Wretched Hives has a lot
1: to dive into with that book and just some really cool things that I think sometimes get overshadowed, but some different depths you can provide to your players. and There's some more options to, to get them to buy in and kind of think beyond just uh, their, their usual skills. So we'll go over that and give you some fun tips and tricks to, to bring the Wretched Hives uh, into your galaxy far, far away. Absolutely.
0: Looking forward to expanding on that. Uh, I know we've done some specific discussion on what's in that book but this will be a great uh, look overall so uh that'll be out our next episode so keep an eye out for that with that uh, that wraps up things for us here thank you so very much everyone we'll see you on the next one may the force be with you may
1: the force be with you